0: Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Lisa H and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, January the 10th, 2024. And this is the 7 a.m. Eastern time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book and we're in the doctor's opinion on page XXVIII. We'll be reading and commenting on the second paragraph that begins frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices and ends if they are to recreate their lives. Today's readers for the 12 steps, LCM, the 12 traditions, Joni Y., readers of the text, Vanessa G., Susan S. H., and Darlene H., our newcomer greeter is Maria H., the second hour host is Ken W. H., and announcements will be done by Kathy F., and thank you all for your service. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, January 9th, 2024, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,018. Excuse me, 21,018. That's 21018. 1, and for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 21,019. That's 21019. 1, OA Preamble. to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask LCM to please read the 12
1: steps. Good
2: morning.
3: My name is LCM from Pennsylvania, and these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory. Five, admitted to God and to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6 were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and practice
0: to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, LCM. And I will now ask Joni Y.
4: to please read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Joni Y, Gratefully Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Connecticut. <clears throat> the twelve traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as He may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three. ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Joni Wise. How our meeting
0: works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. Ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive over eaters only. Our requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star on your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we are on page XXVIII, the second paragraph that begins, frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices, through that one paragraph ending if they are to recreate their lives. And I'll now ask Vanessa G to please begin reading.
5: Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for your service. Thank you everyone for being here this morning. My name's Vanessa G and I'm, reco- I'm recovered <laughs> in New, New Mexico. Brought the emotional appeal seldom suffices. The message which can interest and hold these alcoholic people must have depth and weight. In nearly all cases, their ideals must be grounded in a power greater than themselves if they are to recreate their lives. Recreate their lives. Um, this morning when reading this paragraph, and, and actually last night when I um, read through it and prep for this morning, the word that caught my eye was ideals. Um, this paragraph is often... Um, Read as a topic in many of the meetings that I've been in. And um, frothy emotional appeal and depth and weight are phrases that I often hear in other people's shares. But what really caught my attention was ideals. I wondered exactly what that meant. And so, you know, I looked it up. And um, what I found was that the word ideals refers to universal principles. Such as love, peace, justice, compassion, integrity, freedom, and respect. Values that are beneficial to humanity as a whole. Pretty lofty. And, um, but I, maybe I'm, I, I don't think I'm alone in this. I always, um, aspire to those types of, um, ideals. I I had those ideals in my head all the time. Unfortunately, food and the obsession with food stole it from me over and over and over again, my efforts at being beneficial to humanity as a whole. um, It wasn't until I um, really started to hear voices um, that shouted recovery at me, that gave me a solution to my problem, to my obsession, and to my compulsion, and to my craving, so that I could focus um, on becoming a whole person, um, becoming a person of integrity, becoming a person who is capable of these things. I wasn't capable while I was in the food. And um, and in recreating my life, because I had burned it to the ground with food, 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 um, I can look at these ideals, these principles, and aspire not only aspire to them but actually practice them um i've given been given instructions on how to practice them and as a result of that um I do believe that they I am grounded in a power greater than myself um your voices your stories those have brought me um the word of god and um And I am forever grateful. Thank you for letting me share this morning.
0: Thank you, Vanessa G., for getting us started. And although we value your experience, we do ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So if you've shared on any of the vision meetings on Monday or Tuesday, we ask you to hold back this morning. Who would like to share on what was read?
6: Janice P.M.?
0: Christina J. Rick Mora and Rick. I miss Christina
7: somebody.
0: J. Christina. Reva P. Reva. Okay, <laughs> let me tell you who I have. You can tell me if I missed anybody. Um, I have Janice P.M. Rifka R. Mora Z. Rick J. Christina J. Reva P. Did I miss anybody? outstanding janice pm you're up followed by rifka r
6: well thank you so much lisa h for bringing us to this meeting um, my name is janice pm and i am a recovered compulsive overeater from massachusetts always love this paragraph because i can identify with it for so long frothy emotional appeal what does that mean? Well, frothy, when you think of froth, you think of something that's light and airy. Like years ago, if you're as old as I am, we had uh, um, milkshakes or I don't know what other thing we called them. and You know, you could blow through it and it would be light, light and airy. Well, that I'm going to um, equate this with what people had to say to me. And how I felt when they said it, you know, emotional appeal. I used to be afraid when the doctor, just uh, temporarily, not permanently, when the doctor says, "Janice, you know, you're on the line of, uh, of diabetes," and I would go, "Am I?" "Yes, you are." So he'd send me to a nutritionist for diabetic, and I would be afraid for a while because he'd say, "You don't want the needle, do you?" And I say, "No." And, of course, that lasted for about two weeks. Uh, So anything that is, you know, it it, it was worthless. It was insignificant for a real compulsive overeater for me. You know, and I used to go to meetings face-to-face, and they would say, um, you know, just don't eat, no matter what. Just don't eat. Well, that didn't do anything for me. And they would say, think the bite through. Well, I would say, okay, now I'm going to do this. You see, so all that frothy, that uh, long winded talk and ideas didn't do a thing. It wasn't enough to keep me permanently abstinent at the time. You know, um, in, in this paragraph, there's two musts. You must, it must have depth and weight to be recovered, to be permanent and in like it said in nearly all cases their ideals must be grounded in a power greater than themselves if i'm suppo- if i can change if i am supposed to change and you know dr sokey worked or i don't know i don't have, i'm not a good historian but you know he worked about 9 years uh with these alcoholics and um you know he said and you'll hear, you know, they'll say later on, um, there is no human power that could fix me. And he was so right. No human power. And so um, it's not only do I believe light emotional appeal, and intellectual, I said, well, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get to know and learn all about my disease. Well, Time. That helped. Okay, thank you. That helped somewhat, but it still wasn't the depth and weight and the power that I needed because I was beyond human aid. And with that, I passed. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Janice P.M. And Rifka R., you're up, followed by Mara V.
8: Good morning, um, everyone. Thank you so much for your service and for this year so far. Um, it's Rivka R., uh, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Baltimore. Um, yeah, I love that that last sentence. That their ideals must be gra- grounded in a power greater than themselves if they are to recreate their lives. I, I think about you know my life when when it was um, grounded in food, <laughs> and um, that, yeah, that created a pretty heavy going. It was like uh trying to drive a car with with one foot pressing down on the accelerator and the other pressing down on the brake at the same time. Like all I created was an obsessive drive for food, an obsessive drive to control, an obsessive drive to be right, and an obsessive drive to be a victim. When when I'm in that driver's seat with my self-centered glasses on, like although I I really I want to create a life where I live by my ideals, but but I can't. I I end up creating a life of of disconnection, like profound disconnection from myself because I'm stuffing my face, which just creates a lot of fat and shame, and profound disconnection from others because I don't make it safe when I'm constantly shutting down in resentment. Profound disconnection from God, for sure, because I can't, I, I can't think about it. I'm not thinking of God. I'm just thinking about food. So... Someone on the line um, once said that, that the disease is more powerful than me and God is more powerful than the disease, and I, I love that because that tells me that, that God has to be in the driver's seat so that my brain can get rewired. And when my brain gets rewired, that creates a new life. So I'm happy today to let God be in the driver's seat and I'll I'll wear God-centered glasses in the passenger seat and then my thoughts are different, my mindset is different, I can live in humility and gratitude. I know I have enough. I I know I am enough. I don't have to beat myself up for not being enough. I can eat healthy food in normal amounts for the purpose food was created to give me strength to serve my Creator, which I always wanted to do, but I could never do before program. So I I no longer have to to buy a whole box of ice cream to eat on the ten minute drive from one store to the next. Like I it just I mean my life was was. Whoa, I was so unmanageable before. So I, I just love that I, I can be present for others and not have to take everything so personally and hurt others with, with my resentment. And I'm just so grateful, so, so grateful to be rewired today so that I can recreate life and, and have a life. And I want to just thank you all for for being there, being on this journey together. And, um, wow, thank you. And I, I have a wonderful day. I pass.
0: Thank you, Rifka R. You're up, followed by Rick J.
2: Thank you, moderator. Good morning. My name is Maura Z and I'm gratefully recovered in Virginia. Frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices, and I definitely had my share of frothy emotional appeals from my sisters and my husband and other family members and friends occasionally, and they would tug on my heartstrings and they would say you know you you'd be healthier if you lost weight or you'd look better if you lost weight or you're so pretty you 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 would be able to see you know yourself as you really are or you could buy such pretty clothing and you know if only you'd lose weight and and it's not that difficult and they would go on and share all of their diet experience with me and Fossy emotional appeal seldom suffices because they're not coming from a place of knowing. They don't know what it's like to be a compulsive overeater. They've not walked in my shoes. So they can't possibly have a message of depth and weight. But leave me alone with someone in whom the problem has been solved, who can Explain to me their journey, share their journey of weight loss, weight gain, frustration, emotional upset, life, period, just life. Share their experience with their lives and tell me that there is a solution. These are the people that I want to listen to. And thankfully, these are the people that are on this line and on You know, OA meetings all around the world. Isn't this amazing how we touch not only this country, but other countries on this line? Frosty emotional appeal seldom suffices. And I would say that's very true in this instance. The second part is their ideals must be grounded in a power greater than themselves. I have no power over this disease. I have no power over anyone else. So all of my foibles and all of my failings can't be fixed by me. And this disease certainly cannot be fixed by me. It doesn't matter what diet I throw at it, what self-help book I throw at it. It's not going to be solved. There is a solution. That solution is finding a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity, that can take me through these 12 steps to finding that connection to that greater power than myself. That's what the miracle is. It's in the 12 steps. That's going to take you to a power greater than yourself. That's what's taken me to a power greater than myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, moderator.
0: Thank you, Mara Z. And Rick J., you're up, followed by Christina J.
9: Uh, Good morning and thank you for your service. Lisa. My name is Rick Jay. I'm a Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Cary, North Carolina. You know, uh, the title page, you know, the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. And, you know, that word recovered, um, that spiritual transformation that people have gone through, their lives have changed. They just didn't put down the alcohol. They just didn't put down the food. They have spiritually transformed. You know, and that's for me the message of depth and weight when I see someone who has undergone a spiritual transformation. And it's especially more powerful if if I can relate to them, if I can see myself in them, if I can identify with them. That message has the relatability. For connection because i can identify with where they're coming from because they're sharing what they were like and i'm like that too and then what happened they went through the steps they had a spiritual transformation what they are like now and i can see that and i can spot a bullshitter because i'm one and i have that Connection of authenticity and identification that keeps my interest. I think about Ebby coming to see Bill. Bill knew him as a stand up, falling down drunk, and here he is, you know, fresh skinned and glowing. There was something about his eyes, you know, he grabbed Bill's attention. And that's what I can do for others. I can share how I came home from a doctor, you know, with. Him calling me a ticking time bomb, my son in tears asking me if my doctor knew what I was eating, and then him catching me binging an hour later after I solemnly promised him and looked him in the eye and told him I would never eat like that again. You know, and that's part of my story. And parts of it are funny now, but when I look back at the tragedy of it, That's just part of my experience. That's what I get to pass on to someone else because now I'm recovered. That's the power of it. What I was like, what happened to me, what I'm like now, that's the message of depth and weight. And it does have to be grounded in a power greater because we're powerless. We are powerless. But I am recovered today. Not cured, never cured, but recovered. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you. Rick J. and Christina J. You're up, followed by Reba P.
7: Hey there. Christina J. of North Carolina. Thank you, Lisa, for your service and the share as well. Incredible. Um, Frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices. Well, I'm going to take away the word frothy. How about just emotional appeal? How about my husband talking to me and saying, you're going to kill yourself? How about me calling myself fat and gross? How about me walking around in shame? How about me saying after the last binge, hey, this this got to stop. I'm, I'm miserable. I'm fat. I'm gross. I'm hiding in clothes. No one can see. You see, I didn't get a lot of thought, the emotional appeal, because I hid. I hid in big clothes. I'm tall. No one could really see, you know, the 50 to 80 pounds of weight I had on me. I was just sort of a normal-sized body. Not in California. In California, I was obese when I moved to, um, you know, the Midwest, I was normal. And that's not to say that people that are normal-sized bodies are, you know, medium-sized bodies are uh, obese, because many aren't. But I was. I have small bones and so on and so forth. You know, we know when we're, we're uh, overweight. It has nothing to do with wanting to be a super-thin anorexic model. This happens to be that I knew I was carrying a weight. I knew I had a problem. So my emotional appeal to myself, didn't work. And any emotional appeal that anybody said to me, which they didn't, I never got any of that, but I did get a message from my husband one day, you're killing yourself, you're going to die. And that night I was so ashamed. I thought he'd hold me and tell me it's okay, but he didn't. He said, I, you can't go on like this. And he was kind of hardcore love, you know. And I took a walk the next day, and I swore, and I prayed, and I went to my OA meeting, and then emotional appeal did not suffice. What had depth and weight for me when I came into vision and I heard the word recovered? And I think many of us have this experience. You guys have depth and weight. You have a free life. You have ideals grounded in a power greater than yourself. I had ideals grounded in my selfishness, my self-centeredness, my fears, the things I was chasing for myself. I started out to recreate my life. When I left home at 17, I was going to recreate my life away from the drama, the craziness, the abuse, and I, I, I started to be created. And I didn't have comfort. I had God, but I didn't rely on God. I didn't have these beautiful 12 steps that took me in deep to this power. So I just relied on food. And I didn't, you know, sure, people eat for emotional reasons. Absolutely. But I have an allergy. And when I start eating for an emotional reason, things that make me feel lovely and good and chewy and chocolatey and all that stuff, the little girl in me that loves it, I can't stop. So i got to have ideals that are grounded in the power, grounded in, in compassion and love and cherishing and respect for myself first. I must heal first. Only then can I give to others. So I'm recreating my life today in recovery day to day. You know, I'm working with others. I'm blessed and sure. I have moments where things call me, but I have Time. God and fellows and I take those things and I throw them away or I get them out of my sight because I'm not, I'm going to finish up, I'm not quite fully recovered enough to not have those things around me when I'm alone and there's the perfect storm. I just can't do it yet. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you,
0: Christina J. And Riva P., please share with us.
10: Good morning. This is Reva P, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I love the contrast between the frothy, airy, lightweight stuff and and then the depth and the weight. And for me, um, the frothy stuff was me trying to convince myself to stop hurting myself with food because of the consequences that I saw of my behavior. The consequences didn't matter Um, It didn't convince me. It didn't scare me into getting abstinent um, and certainly not recovered. And what had depth and weight for me, as other people have shared, is hearing somebody who had been through the, quote, alcoholic torture that I had been through, whose body had been totally different and was standing in front of me, um, transformed um, bodily, mentally, mentally. And there was just such a peace around them that had depth and weight. And the longer I'm in program, I don't, you know, I could have, I could have frothy emotional appeal in the rooms, just talking the talk, learning, studying, and not doing. Um, I think what gives it depth and weight is doing the work. And over time, um, for me, my higher power, like I go deeper and deeper, and the step work, the step tens, fours, hit my heart at deeper and deeper levels, and sometimes it's incredibly painful, and sometimes it's amazingly joyful, but it feels like it's just limitless, the depths to which my higher power can grow me, um, and what surprises me in the sentence, since the, the last sentence, it doesn't say I have to have these um, ideals grounded in a power greater than myself to be sober. It says to recreate my life, which reminds me yet again that when I do work, And God changes my thinking and transforms me and change, like I can change my life or my life can be changed when the stuff in my head changes with the food down, Um, that it's not about abstinence only. It's about a whole new way of thinking, speaking, behaving, and living. Um, Yeah. And then this groundedness, you know, when I get directed through a sponsor and fellows, to God, and I'm grounded, it's like right becomes right. There's no debating. I used to always doubt, should I do this? Should I do that? When I go to God, which is the purpose of this, there's my solution, and I get directed to this power. I'm grounded. As I go through the day, I have this assurance that I am in right alignment doing the right thing. And of course, I don't do it perfectly, but it's such a, such a lovely and different way to live. And with that, I pass. Thank
0: you, Reba P. And we are on page XXVIII. We read the second paragraph that begins, frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices and ends if they are to recreate their lives. Comments on that paragraph. Who else would like to share this morning? Erin C.
1: Melissa, Melissa C. Elena C.
0: Okay, just a second. Melissa, I think I heard Darian K. and Elena. Ross M. Russ M. Tony B. Somebody, Tony, was it Tony B? Yeah. Kelsey R.
11: Kelsey, thank you.
6: Anybody else? Jane
12: P. Jan? Jane. Jane.
0: Okay, oh Jane, and let's stop with Susan. So this is what I have, Darian K, Melissa C, Elena C, Russ M, Tony B, Kelsey R, Jane P, and hopefully we can get to you, Susan. So Darian K, Lisa. Lisa, I'm sorry, Lisa, I shared on Monday. I I didn't put my name up there, it was another K. But thank you. Oh, 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 thanks Darian.
11: Hey hey, Lisa, can I be heard? This is Erin K from Michigan.
0: Aaron, I'm sorry. You are up first. Aaron, you you're up, followed by Melissa C.
11: Hey everybody, Erin Kay, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um I really appreciated our lead share this morning. Um kind of pointed out, you know, that an angle on that paragraph that I had not thought about before. And it, it got me thinking about, you know, what were my I what were my ideals before recovery? And, you know, I think about ideals as, like, you know, what what were the principles and values that motivated my, you know, thoughts, words, actions? And as I think back, it's like it was mostly, you know, things like ambition, self-righteousness, you know, um, things that served my ego and protected me from, you know, padded me from these really big, huge fears um, that underlie the ways that I behaved in the world for the most part. And, um, you know, the process of working the steps really does, like, um, you know, it, 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 it dissipates all that some way, somehow. I don't know how it works, but it does. And and then, you know, these new ideals come in um that long list that I read read that, you know, all those beautiful things that are mostly about um what's good for the whole, you know, what's good for connection, what's what's good for um the people in my life, fellows, the programs, sponsees, you what know, you know, not so much just what is good for me all the time and what's gonna make me feel so comfortable all the time. And um that total refocus of my life um has you know that that's what's produced a radical change and PS in and of myself I got no I have no power to live by those ideals, you know, to execute the words and actions that are rooted, grounded in those ideals. So I do absolutely need a power given myself to like be the wind in my sails, you know, the gasoline in my engine. Um, but I could not, could not access that power without the food down. And I was talking to a struggling fellow yesterday who just sent me this text like, I can't, I can't, I can't stay abstinent. And we were talking about how, you know, like we're like these appliances. We only have one, one cord, one plug. You know, and if you're if you're plugged into something else for an effect, for most of us coming in, it's food. You can't plug into the power. It just there's just a there's just one one little conduit, and um, it has to be clean, clear, open, and plugged into the source. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks everybody.
0: Thank you, Aaron K. and Melissa C. You're up. Followed by Elena C.
13: Hey, good morning, Lisa. Thanks so much for your service. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York and um, really, really, really good shares today um, on a very powerful paragraph for me. Um, You know, what what I've discovered is that any emotional appeal is frothy. It doesn't matter because I have had some of the most heaviest, like, gut-wrenching appeals from emotion. I had, you know, a mother-in-law who sat me down in my kitchen when my children were babies crying to me that you know, she was a a child who lost her parents and at a young age and she, you know, my husband survived his father dying at a young age and my mother-in-law cried and said, you know, this was the worst thing in the world to happen to children and she was afraid that I was going to do that to my children and That was not just frothy emotion. That was like heavy-duty emotion. And I also had, you know, my husband, my loving husband. I, I gained a tremendous amount of weight in a very short amount of time in our early marriage. He met me thin, and I exploded, you know. And my husband sat me down one day and put pictures of me, spread them across the table, and looked at me and said, God, you were so beautiful there. And that, like, ugh, that wasn't frothy. That was, like, the most painful, you know, emotional appeal from two people who loved me, had it my whole life, from doctors, from parents, from people. And why that was frothy for someone like me was none of those people, they didn't have the real information. They did not have the knowledge that what I suffered from was an allergy of the body and a and a mental obsession to bring me back to the thing that I was allergic to. And so what differed here was that I met people who told me not just that I was killing myself, but that they were killing themselves at one time, and they weren't anymore, and they looked healthy, and they sounded strong, and they sounded together, and I found out something really significant. First of all, my ideals were screwy, although I thought they were good, they were about what, how I saw the world through my perspective alone. And I also found out that um, I was going to have to recreate my life. I was not going to be able to fit, you know, a whole brand-new recovery <laughs> into the crumbling pieces of my life that were, that were falling apart around me. It took me a long time to embrace that idea. And I think that's the message of Depth and Weight – you cannot recover and simply squeeze recovery into your pre-existing life it doesn't work we need a brand new life and that's what this program's about and with that I'll pass thanks
0: thank you Melissa C and Elena C you're
6: up followed by Russ M good morning everyone my name is Elena C from South Carolina gratefully recovered for, for today um I opened up my Facebook page this morning, and here's what I wrote two years prior to join this program. Finished successfully day one of detoxing with raw organic veggies, plants, fruits, nuts, seeds, etc. Nine more to go. You know, and I just started laughing at myself. So what that meant was fruits were dried fruits, and I ate tons of dates. And that was my solution to my problem, um, you know, just to go diet after diet after diet and, um, you know, continue to gain weight. And um, back to this paragraph, um, what stuck out for me was, um, you know, this, per- this doctor talks about the physical allergy. But he doesn't talk about the physical allergy that much. He talks about the spiritual component that he sees, a spiritual reality of these people that pulls them from the gates of death. And, um, and then, you know, how these people and how I needed to be grounded in a power greater than myself. you know, I was grounded in my diet. Oh I, I was at the I was at that point I was doing the raw food diet, you know, and I became the diet police. I preached to others. And, you know, here's here's my attention was drawn in this program onto what will save me, what will rescue me. It's not that. It is something that's beyond my comprehension and somebody and something, an entity that will, if I am willing to open up to this guidance, I can recreate my life. You know, diets don't matter at this time. I don't care how other people eat and what they eat. And, you know, I, what important is, God, and um, because I was grounded in others, I was grounded in my food, I was grounded in others. What I meant was I wanted you to be with me and wanting you to like me, okay, And so today, what this program is telling me is dependence on my higher power. Or emotional sobriety, as Bill W. says in this letter, you know, in his letter. Emotional sobriety is dependence on God. And, you know, I can recreate my life, but what else do I need to do ultimately? Help others. When all else fails, when when all else fails, working with an alcoholic saves my day. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Elena C. and Russ M., you're up, followed by Tony B.
14: Good morning. Uh, thank you for taking the meeting. Appreciate it. Russ M., recover Compulsive reader from Town, PA. So, you know, I, I feel like my whole life was for, for off the emotional appeal. I don't know. It's just part of it. You know, you're heavy. You got to Whether it was blunt or even my father, God rest his soul, Tender, how tender he tried to, because he cared so much about me, buddy. You know, let you know, it's not, not because I want to shame you. You know, I, I, let's, uh, let's see what we can do to get you healthy. And you know, I couldn't help it, right? We all know this. We can't help ourselves, right? But when my wife said, uh, "I'm out, dude. You're going to lose everything." I don't know what kind of appeal that was, but it was an appeal that got my rear-ending gear. And I, I was I was snooping in program and just not, I was just BSing around. And I took it serious. And then I got to this chapter. I got to the doctor's opinion. And the light bulb went on. And, it, you know, it didn't take responsibility off of me. But it made me say, this is the reason why I can't stop. Because I'm sick. I got a disease. I'm screwed up. And, you know, that's why I've struggled my whole life with it. So, then people helped me, got me rolling. Right, they they got me got me healthy, and I and I lived this way life. And the only way I was going to be free is God rescued me. God straightened me out. And uh, I, you know that's what obviously that's what Silky's saying here. And um, on the other hand, I have a, a a guy like a a brother to me, an older brother to me, has battled it the same way. Every pill, potion, lotion, anything he could do. And he knows what's going on with me, and I want to just say, yo, Rick, let's go, come on, cause you know, you know what, you know what I'm doing here. This is a way of life, man. You're dying, you're injecting this stuff into your body, and yeah, you're losing weight, but it, you know, you're killing yourself. Like that's what I want to say. But he can't help it, just like me. So I pray that, you know, I could be an example, or somebody could get to him. That God will. I don't know what his fate is. And it breaks my heart because we have this disease and it's a killer and it's vicious and it takes no prisoners. And, you know, these, these, these side things, these gimmicks that we use as part of this damn disease. And I hate to see my friend dying like that. But, you know, that's, that's just the word I wanted to say that it, it all, the light bulb went on when, when I read this doctor's opinion. This is so valuable to me. This part of the book, before anything because it, it, i spent time wasted so much time and money and relationships trying to figure this stupid thing out so all right thank you you have a good day love you Cass.
0: thank you thank you russ m and tony b you're up followed
1: by kelsey r Thank you. Hi, my name's Tony B, and I am definitely a compulsive overeater. There is no doubt about that in my mind. Gratefully recovered one day at a time. Um, And um, yes, what stood out to me here, these alcoholic people, you know, a specific entity, these alcoholic people, and I am one of these people. And there's no doubt about that. You know, when I look back to my childhood and the going to and fro to the kitchen for um, buttered biscuits, you know, one plate after another, and then to the freezer for ice creams, one after the other. And I remember a day at the fair, you know, um, where there were lots of rides to go on. and um, But my focus was just the food because there were all these stalls and it was just like, okay, a sweet snack or have, um, you know, an ice cream and then chips. And then I wanted... Um, another sweet snack, candy floss, and then uh, a bag of crisps. And my, my, I mean, they're just never, it was just never enough. So it's clear to me that I've got this allergy of the body, absolutely clear to me. And, um, you know, I remember, I remember times when I worked as a, a tour guide at a brewery and we served cheese and crisps to go with these tutored tastings of, of the different beers. And in the storeroom, I would just binge on it. These, these cubes of cheese and and stuffing ready salted crisps into my mouth and more cheese and more crisps, absolutely uncontrollable. I had no control over how much I ate, no control. And um, so it's clear to me that the food calls for more food. And it's also clear to me that... Um, that the twist always took me back until um, the beginning of last year, you know. And I've been in OA since 2011, so I didn't get that um, message clearly enough. And, um, you know, this message must have depth and weight, and it sure does once we get into the steps, because nearly all of these steps are God-related, and um, there's our power. There's our power greater than ourselves that enables me to get over this um seemingly hopeless state um that I that I've been in, you know, all my life. And um what I was also gonna say was, you know, this message which can interest and hold. Um I got that message at the beginning of last year. I'd phoned a fellow up from this from this line. And um, and whatever I said to him, he said back to me, the f- you have to put the food down and then work the steps. And I would say something else and I would get that again. And actually, it's certainly not complicated, is it? It was so simple. Fine. Thank you. Um, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Tony B. And Kelsey R., you're up, followed by Jane P., Hi, this is Kelsey,
15: Counselor reader in Texas. Um, this paragraph is is gold. Um, brought the emotional appeal. For me, brought the emotional appeal always results in shame and guilt. Um, and and I had personally, I had a rolodex of reasons why I had to recover, why I should recover, um, and from others um, to encourage me to see that. I'm not overweight and then I don't need to be so strict with my food um, because the way my disease manifested is I I couldn't let others know that I had a food problem. I had to make sure that like from the outside view, like people didn't know that I was suffering because I wasn't overweight. So I would compulsively overexercise, I would compulsively like restrict, I would, you know, I would I would binge and then purge because heaven forbid someone knew. Um, the frothy emotional appeal of myself and others never worked. Um, And so this, this idea of having depth and weight, um, you know, comes from experience of others that, that had the problem solved, but also from the steps, like the steps are what are, are of depth and weight for me. Um, And because they, they lead us to a relationship with our higher power. Um, and this ideal the ideals right like someone else said like my ideals were grounded in myself um all of my ideals were were self-centered and self-seeking um and you know my very wise sponsor tells me like i am i am the problem my selfishness my self-centeredness my self-seeking but you know more importantly i am not the solution like i cannot be the solution um I have decades of experience witnessing the fact that I am not the solution and that that solution has to come from a power greater than myself. Um, And I guess I just want to share, like, I, I kept asking my sponsor, like, when is it going to happen? Like, when is it going to happen? And as an addict, like, when is it going to happen? Like, when am I going to be recovered for good? Um, And, and as an addict, like, I want to be there, but I don't want to do what it takes to get there. Um, And I was so consumed, and still can be, with like abstinence. Like, how do I get and stay abstinent? Like, when it like, I just want to be abstinent, 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 abstinent. Like, that was like an obsession of like abstinence, and it's it's not about that. Like, I'm finally, she's finally breaking it through my thick skull. Like, it's not, it's not about that. Like, it's about getting better, and I want, I desperately want to get better and i want everyone in the line to continue to get better and those that are struggling to get better um and and create this new life like i don't want i don't want to recreate the old life like i want a new life and that can only be like through through our higher power um uh, so i love paul's um i kelsey r and uh, have a good day thanks
0: Thank you, Kelsey R. And Jane P., you have about a minute and a half. And Susan, I hope you'll stick around for the second hour. Jane P.
12: Good morning, everybody. Thank you, moderator. My name is Jane P. I'm a recovered um, compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Excuse me. This entire paragraph is underlined in my big book, and these pages are falling out in the doctor's opinion. Um so I guess it's kind of important. It uh, To me, the message of depth and weight that I absolutely needed is found here in the doctor's opinion and in the big book and in everything that you guys say to me. And um, it's pretty much God who nudged me into a way in the first place. And when I came in, I just, it, it was funny to me hearing, do you believe or can you possibly believe in a power greater than yourself? Because... I thought in a frustrated kind of way, everything is greater than me. Every power is greater than me. I have no power. Of course I can believe that. Um, but I was giving that power to food and to fear and everything. Um, the the power of God that I needed, that uh, thank God, God never gave up on me, um, was the gift of desperation which had me continue to come to these meetings and listen to the message. And as my life fell apart over and over again, I finally got to the place where I was willing to do whatever it took and find the power of God that was from the gift of desperation into the power of goodness and love and acceptance. I learned how to love myself and surrender everything to God, the fear, the worries, to the God of my understanding. And I'll just pass by saying recreating my life is the greatest gift that I could ever ask for. And thank you all for being here to help save my life today.
0: Thank you, Jane P., and thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The Share ID for today, Wednesday, January 10th, 2024, 7 a.m. Eastern time meeting is 21,027. That's 21027. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Susan S.H., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only and to keep you until then.
5: Susan, press
11: star.
16: Sorry about that. I'm here now. Sorry. I got busy with something else and I forgot about my responsibility here. Okay. This is Susan S.H. I am a recovered compulsive reader from St. Mary's, Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.